Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. One of the great works of literature of the 20th century was Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, and it's easily interpreted as a celebration of the Shire, where Bilbo, Frodo, and Samwise all live neat and tidy. It is portrayed in a fairy tale with comfortable furniture, dainty tea settings around the heart and hearth of gentle homes tucked safely into their hobbit holes. But it is only when they leave these comforts, being aroused by adventure, that they discover their true mission. Facing orcs, dragons, goblins, and the power of evil itself, they discover that the virtues they learned in the Shire are now put to the test. But more than just a safe test, because they found themselves unleashed for the transforming of a hostile world, and in the midst of their greatest trial, they discover their true mission. We've all heard and read plenty about the widespread conviction today that morality is essentially a matter of personal decision and self-invention. Bishop Robert Barron writes, What has changed is that an agreement across society regarding the objectivity of good and evil has largely disappeared. Or as G.K. Chesterton put it, man has always lost his way. But now, he has lost his address as well. In Rod Dreyer's book, The Benedict Option, A Strategy for Christians in a Post-Christian Nation, one of the most talked-about reads prior to COVID, Dreyer suggests we need the arousal for adventure like that of the 6th century monk, who in a time of intense cultural collapse drew away to live the Christian life intensely and intentionally. We might see this more practically today as doubling down on how our children are going to be schooled, choosing places where the moral and intellectual heritage of the West is still taught and desired, choosing social forms of resistance to the culture's draw toward moral deprivation, choosing serious studies of scripture within the church and building fraternity, choosing to help the poor, to clothe the naked, to visit the sick, to help the afflicted, to entertain all strangers. One could easily read this as fighting orcs, dragons, goblins, and the power of evil itself, never relinquishing, never giving in. But the dilemma remains that I am to draw away to a hobbit hole and lead the intense life of intentionality, yet knowing that I am being called to adventure in a hostile environment? Before Carol Whitola became Pope John Paul II, he had to survive the Nazis and the communists in his native Poland. He had to live a clandestine life, yet his Catholic identity was of supreme value to him, and in keeping it so in his life, he never gave in. He was prepared to unleash a world transformation when he became bishop and pope. Barron points out, the pope both learned and knew how to make the ancient faith relevant to the culture when his time arrived. In the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew, we read, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Barron points out, Like Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and David, the Son is sent by God. This probably seems quite ordinary. However, this one who is sent is at the same time God, for he speaks and acts consistently in the very person of God. These two persons, the Father and the Son, look at one another from all eternity and sigh forth their love for one another. This mutual breathing forth is the Holy Spirit. Close quote. 
And we are told, like the apostles, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are called to adventure. How does one become that mouthpiece? Proverbs 25.2 reads, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. I have traveled a lot in my life, but as I grow older, I enjoy being home. I like my shire, my hobbit hole. But in my Christian imagination, and mine of course is Catholic, I am still able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. And the adventures that knock upon my door still have a heroic twist in them as I see the orcs, dragons, goblins, and the menace of Mordor still awaiting my sword. We must never lose our accepting response to the nudging for adventure, even though one may conjure up a vision of Don Quixote slumped on a tired horse with a heavy lance still in hand. But not in St. Benedict's world. Benedict was the son of a Roman nobleman. Tradition makes him a twin with his sister Scholastica. He departed from Rome around 500 AD, instructed with learned ignorance and furnished with unlearned wisdom, and having been deeply affected by the love of a woman. Capable of weighing all these things in comparison with a life taught in the Gospels, he chose the latter. Benedict met a monk named Romanus, whose monastery was on a mountain above a cliff overhanging a cave. Benedict became a hermit and for three years unknown to men lived in this cave. During these years of solitude, he matured in mind and character, in knowledge of himself and of his fellow man. The remainder of Benedict's life was spent in realizing the ideal of monasticism, which he left to us drawn out in his Benedictine rule. However, St. Benedict's rule is written for laymen, not for clerics. It's a set of rules for the domestic life, for men who wish to live as fully as possible the type of life presented in the gospel. Another characteristic feature of the saint's rule is its view of work. Esse labora, go and work. Because work is the universal lot of man, necessary for his well-being as a man, and essential for him as a Christian. Work to relieve the poor, to clothe the naked, to visit the sick, to bury the dead, help the afflicted and to entertain all strangers. St. Benedict originated a community bound together for life, that all were inspired by the single purpose of carrying out the conception of life taught in the Gospels. St. Benedict's teaching on the whole of life is not complete at any point unless penetrated fully by prayer. His rules are meant for every class of mind, both sinner and saint. Let man be humble, let man be prudent, considerate, and have discretion. Let him so temper all things that the strong may have something to strive after, and the weak nothing at which to take alarm. If man would accept the mission that this adventure calls him to, he might just rediscover his original home address. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.